Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Good evening and welcome in to the Believe in Monsters podcast right here on the Believe in Monsters Network. Hosted by Chris Krogan, Lucas Berry, and myself, Joe Gaither. And uh, we are, we've been, we've been searching far and wide. I know we, you probably haven't heard from us for, what, a uh, week? We can change because we have been More looking than up. Oh, was it two weeks? Three weeks? That's because we did we've an been episode, all, but it didn't get posted. And I was okay. dead. Okay. Well, we've all been searching. We've all been looking high and low, uh, turning over rock and stone, traveling far and wide, looking for who the hell is going to replace Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. Uh, breaking news, if you didn't hear, Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy fired. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, thank the Lord for that. And uh, Lucas Berry has been heading up our search firm right here, I believe, in Monsters Podcast. And uh, we're ready to reveal some results, some uh, some hopes, some dreams, some guys we'd like to see take over the future of the organization. And uh, really looking forward to getting into this tonight. So uh, without further ado, Luke, how are you? Why don't you uh, take control of this bad boy? I'm doing fantastic. I've been, uh, I don't know, January has been, been a mess. I've just been sick and out of it, finally feeling better. And uh, now all this bear stuff is going on. Well, it's hard and, to have uh, a full-time job and conduct a coaching search on top of a general manager search, so we appreciate <laughs> all the hard work you've been doing. Not only that, we also had the uh, the huge bomb bombshell athletic article that came out. I know, Joe, you might want to touch on that. Uh, might turn out that Nagy is not as good of a guy as we thought. He might be a terrible coach and a terrible person. So, Where the hell is my Trubisky uh, jersey? Yeah, you said you were wearing it today. But, uh, he said he was wearing it like last Tuesday. It was a random. It was a random day. It was the day after the athletic article came out, and that thing. Not that it really was all that different than what we kind of thought anyway. It just really cemented a lot of the. Disdain I don't know for the Muskies for me. I hate them. It, if you're listening, I think it George, made me, I fucking hate you. Yeah, I think it made me realize that. I don't know. I think I thought Nagy was a good guy, but if he's really standing up guys in meetings like that, I don't care who you are. That's that's just respect lost. Complete, you can't know, complete, complete a hole, man. Hey man, I got a flat tire. Can we do this tomorrow? Hey man, my, something's gone on. Family emergency. Can we hit up next Tuesday? Like, come on. There's no follow up. Like, how do you even continue to work with somebody like that? Uh, is I got to go visor shopping. Can we uh, reschedule? No. He, <laughs> speaking of, of uh, 
respect. He clearly had no respect for, for Trubisky. And, you know, that ship has sailed. I don't want to dwell in the past. I don't want to be one of these Bears fans to continue to talk about Mitch. But, good God, it's going to come up over and over again because, uh, like, even the Athletic won't let it go. So that's fine. I, I, I understand in that article. If you haven't had a chance to read it or – It's a really uh, good read. It's it's a fantastic read. And, um yeah get a get a get an athletic subscription i uh didn't get one for the longest time because i didn't want to i just didn't want to i didn't want to pay for content but good god they have a lot of content and it's really good content and now they're uh just stable of writers is is phenomenal and everybody's going over there so uh it's super cheap too you can find a deal most of the time for like a dollar a month so uh yeah. it's a good it's a good deal it's a good article um since I'm nobody asked how I'm doing tonight, I'm doing fantastic. We are we are fucking interviewing everybody from the grocery <laughs> bagger at your local grocery store, uh, which you know has turned into a Kurt Warner in the past. So hey, that might work. Uh, to uh, you know every GM candidate and head coaching candidate from uh, Jeff Ireland to Quesi Adolfo Mensa. And uh, Monty yeah, we're fucking ready. We're ready. We're ready to go. <laughs> Reggie McKenzie. Oh, man. Yeah, it's Elliot uh, Wolf. I mean, we're just we have so many names to drop right now, folks. We're just it's going to take the entire pod just to read all these all these names. So, I mean, just going off that athletic article, though, obviously, it highlights the just the complete and utter just mess the McCaskies are and their hiring processes have been in the past. Um, you know, they've brought in a search firm before Ernie, uh, you know, Akasi or whatever his name is. And, and just, there's never agreement on who they want to bring in or what's going on. And the GM and the coach and QB are never aligned. It's always a mess. Will this be the time they get it right? I don't know. It's definitely not confidence inspiring, but I will say the list of candidates, I would say are a step above grocery baggers They're For the most part, I would say all guys who have been kind of revered in NFL circles for the most part um, and, and have, you know, bring a lot of experience to the table. So there definitely is a, you know, a wealth of experience and knowledge that the bears are pulling from, um, you know, there are, I think up to 15 possible GM candidates now. I mean, I saw something today that said the giants, uh, you know, the giants finished interviewing all their candidates. I think they had eight, the Bears are still in it. You know, they're still going through them. They're not – they're taking their time with it. And uh, they have Bill Polian leading the charge, which is interesting. I mean, it seems like the McCaskies always get tied up with someone who who wants to bring in their own guy. So it's, uh, it's interesting to see how this is going to go. You know, is it ultimately going to be a Polian guy that gets hired? Is it going to be, you know, the best candidate possible? We don't know. We'll highlight a few of them tonight. But, you know, so far they got – you know, on this list, Morocco Brown, he works at the Colts, director of college scouting. Uh, Adolfo Mensa, he works at Cleveland Browns, VP of football ops. Glenn Cook, he's a VP of player personnel for the Browns. Ed Dodds, assistant GM for the Colts. Jeff Ireland, assistant GM for the Saints. Rand Carthen, uh, works for director of pro- player personnel for the 49ers. Rick Smith, ex Houston Texans GM. Joe Schoen, uh, assistant GM for the Buffalo Bills, Omar Khan, VP of Football and Business Admin for the Steelers, 
uh, Elliot Wolf, New England Patriots director of scouting, Champ Kelly, who obviously works for the Bears right now, uh, JoJo Wooden for the Chargers director of player personnel, Monty Osenfort, uh, director of player personnel for the Titans, Reggie McKenzie, who was the ex Raiders GM and is now on the Dolphins uh, exec, and Ryan Poles of the Kansas City Chiefs, and he's an executive director of player personnel. So, wide net there, a lot of different positions, a lot of experience, and uh, the common theme between all of them is they're all from uh, winning organizations. Um, I mean, how do you guys feel about this this list that the Bears have compiled so far? And uh, I don't know. For me, I, I, I'm more confident seeing this list. There's a lot of names on there I really like, but I don't know which way they're going to go with it. To go back to your comment on will they get it right this time, you know, let's go back to that press conference that George held at the end of the year where he couldn't help but step on his own dick like six or seven times in the in the uh, in the press conference, specifically where he was talking about like how he's going to make the ultimate decision, but then also said he's just a football fan. You know, he's not the one evaluating these guys. So, you know. How can he be expected to have input on, you know, Justin Fields or whoever? It's like, man, you're not a football guy, but you are going to be able to evaluate the guys that evaluate the football guys. I just don't I just don't even understand. Like George should just stay the fuck out of the way altogether. He should just like hire Bill Polian to do this search or even more so maybe hire a Rick Smith at the VP level. And then let him hire a de facto GM and let them work together as like a powerhouse or or something, you know, where you hire a, like he said something about, I don't believe in this football czar. At some point they have to report to ownership. Yeah. They have to report to ownership, but like most of these owners are billionaire. I don't really care what's going on. Just make me money and, and win some football games. And that's cool. You guys say you want to win, but you don't. And the only money you guys actually have is from the Bears. So you should be better at this than you are. Your entire like history in the NFL, this is all you do is football. You this is all you fucking do. And you suck at it. Like, please sell the team. I just I can't get well, off you, of this this. Do you know what do you know what I found was hilarious? That in that athletic article that you know they highlighted, um, you know, or McCaskey's kind of, he was like, yeah, we have a football board of people who evaluate our performances every year. And it's like literally 75% of the people on there were his sons. So it's like, my mom. Yeah. 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 It was like my mom, his sons, like, of course they're not going to tell you're doing a bad job, but they all suck. They all just been, I mean, they just, God bless like Mark Potash or whoever was fucking lobbing bombs at George when he was like, who holds you accountable, George? And George is basically like, uh, what do you mean? He's like, well, you know, you say you guys have not gotten this right over the past, you know, three turns or whatever. Um, you know, who, who's, you know, you're, the winning percentage of the Bears under your leadership is trash. What the fuck is basically what the what the, what the writer was saying. I'm pretty sure it was Potash. And uh, and George was like, well, you know, the board and and ownership holds me holds me responsible like you are the fucking board and ownership you report to yourself like nobody's hold no like you circle jerk dick stepping motherfucker dude i cannot stand this guy i'm so i'm i can't do this i'm so mad fuck this it guy. makes you feel any better 
Ted Phillips will not have any more say in football operations, which I don't know if is better or worse because now power just goes completely to George. And, I don't, uh, I don't know if I believe that. Well, here's he qu- said he'd still lean on Ted for his, you know, leadership evaluation type and that he would be in the freaking room for these interviews. So yes, he will be making a decision on this. He will be involved. Yeah. You're not going to like uh, have your, longtime associate in the room with you and listen to his opinion and then say he's not involved. Like whether he's a, whether, whether you're giving him the responsibility of making the choice or not, like, okay, you're taking that from him, but you're, you're hearing his input. And so therefore he is involved and the opinion is there. Here's my question to you guys, uh, kind of circling back around this whole thing is McCaskey's going to say, Oh, that's a football decision when it comes to, Oh, should we start Justin Fields or not? Going back to Matt Nagy this past year, uh, you should be at, you should be making that decision, Matt Nagy, not me. Uh, but, but then, you know, he's subsequently going to say, he's subsequently going to make football decisions. McCaskey, that is uh, in broad terms, but then he's going to come around in, in, in the media and say, oh, you know, I'm just a fan. I, I, you know, I'm going to let these experts. Okay, are you a fan? Are you an owner? Are you a businessman? Or are you a football guy? And, and that's really what you're hitting on, Chris. It, 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 like, it's, it's cool to be an owner. If you just want to be a numbers guy, show me the numbers. Are we in, in the black? Great. You know, like everything, go, the, the numbers ticking up? Great. You know, keeping in charge of your business. But like hire somebody or implore, you know, implement somebody who this is their life. You know, Ted, uh, Bill Polian, I think is a good step. But 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 I do wonder if uh, he's you know maybe a little past and gonna 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 recommend some good old boy, which that's all the network is anyways. Is good good. Uh, who do you know? I'm I'm interested to see how it all plays out. Luke, you touched on the candidates or uh, on the general manager candidates earlier, and and I do think that there are several strong candidates in the list, uh, and, and so you know the chance that they could get it right. Am I banking on it? Not a not a chance. The the athletic article not only touched on Matt Nagy and his incompetence. Uh, right here in this last little four-year window, uh, specifically with with is how how he handled the quarterback position, um, but 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 it goes way farther than that. It's really back since like 06, 05, you know, in, in that range where every you know even even no even further, Dick Geron was two thousand two, two thousand one in that range. Uh, so so it highlighted the maybe the the incontinuity between the coach general manager quarterback over the last 20 years and 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 really as much as i love justin fields and i do and i think that he could be that piece that's like okay we can build around this guy the coach and the the gm they're gonna have to work with him Uh, i i think he could be that piece but but i'm not sold on leadership and on ownership hiring the right guys to uh to, to to make sure that marriage works so, I mean, yeah, these these are all fantastic points. And I, the only thing I would say is I just – I think the Bears definitely are casting a wider net than I've seen before. So that is a, a good first step. You know, they're, they're taking their time with these decisions and bringing in guys who are pretty highly respected around the league and ha- have a lot of experience, like we said. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously the McCaskies are part of the um, – the McCaskies are making a, uh, a, a a target at, you know, 
diversity and bringing in diverse candidates. So they're they're making their net wider and they're making this more about than just the Rooney rule, you know, where you bring in one, you know, minority hire for a, a possible interview. They're bringing in many um, and it's it's leaving them susceptible to being surprised by a candidate they might not talk to before. Um, so that's great. Um, again, we'll see if they can knock this down. Um, there's a few guys on here we really like. We're going to highlight them today. Um, Joe, do you want to start with Omar Khan? I, I think uh, his resume is very impressive. I'm I'm kind of shocked that the Steelers would not just promote him to GM, but um, it seems like they kind of have other plans possibly when their GM steps down. Yeah, so I was given uh, the the two the two Browns guys and Omar Khan to kind of study up and look up, and uh, you know I liked the the, the Browns guys, uh, Glenn Cook and Kwasi. You're gonna have to help me with the last name, Krogman. Kwasi Mensa, I think. Yes. Okay. So I like both of the both of what they brought to the table as far more specifically Kwasi Mensa with the analytics. Um, the the Glenn Cook not not really uh not doesn't really seem as long term uh but both of those guys very young and you know Glenn Cook doesn't stri- doesn't have as big of a resume in my opinion so I, I I chose Omar Khan really because of how long he's been in the league and how long he's been with with a winning organization yes the Browns have turned around in the last couple of years they look like a, a contending franchise and obviously their analytical approach has been a part of that they're you know the the approach that they've taken to the draft the long-term approach the you know trying to get more picks trading back that sort of thing i i, I like that i think that that's that that's really worked for them uh but you know that's still kind of not as uh, long and tenured as the the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Pittsburgh that, Steelers, go ahead. I was just going to say before you dive into Con, I think that's mainly the reason you know we were interested in those Browns candidates and why the Bears brought them in. They bring a very unique background of analytics to football, which you know we've seen it in baseball a little bit with Moneyball style, but you know uh, Mensa is supposed to be on the kind of the the, the cutting edge of, of football analytics and this kind of new wave of uh, you, you know, approaching the game and roster building and salary management, um, you know, cap allocation, pick allocation, that kind of stuff. So it's definitely an interesting approach. I don't know if the Bears will end up going that way, but just the, again, the fact they're casting a wide net and interviewing people with this unique background is really interesting to me. Um, like I said, it it might not be exactly what they're looking for, but again, it's it's kind of a new wave in, in the NFL. Um, but but Omar Khan has an insane background. I think he's one of the most accomplished people on this list, and it, it should be worth noting that um, the the Bears kind of said, you know, the GM is reporting directly to ownership now. You know, there's no more. So they say they're they're not reporting to Ted Phillips. They're going to have a lot more power in the organization, and the Bears need someone really qualified to kind of take over that position, where they're going to wear many hats more than just being the GM. Yeah, absolutely, and and you touch on Omar, uh, you touch on what's going on with the Steelers organization. But uh, he was, uh, I guess, informed by, uh, by by Pittsburgh that he would not be uh, the, the the successor uh, as general manager. So that kind of opens him up to uh, kind of taking another job. 
And so Omar Khan, his background uh, went to Tulane. Uh, kind of, uh, was born uh, b- born in Metairie, which is about you know 20, 30 minutes outside of downtown New Orleans. Uh, so so he went to Tulane in New Orleans, stayed stayed home, and while uh, while in school at Tulane, he served as a personnel intern and a scouting intern with the New Orleans Saints. Uh, and then so in 97, when he got out of college, they, they hired him. Uh, they, they hired him uh, to serve in the football operations department. And he, he stayed there for five, four years, uh, four years. And then basically went from the Saints to the Steelers from 01 to currently today. He's been with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's he's a uh, was uh, the football operations coordinator. Uh, it was a. Uh, Football opera, personal player personnel, uh, and, and really, uh, he's got promoted in 2016 to director of football administration, which is basically GM slash number two, number two man in charge in the in the in the organization with the Steelers. And you look at what the Steelers have done, really, uh, during his tenure: three Super Bowl appearances, two Super Bowl victories. Uh, going to the playoffs on a on a routine basis, uh, compete you know competing for the for the AFC North uh, constantly and, and really year in and year out. Not really. I mean, obviously, so, so, uh, most notably, I can think of offensive line issues that they've had. But year in and year out, you know, the Steelers have had a solid roster and and had a a solid team. And you know the you know the Rooney uh, no Rooney's is is no the Maris is Giants. Rooney's is Steelers. Yeah, they end the Steelers. Uh, yep. So, so you you take the Rooney rule, uh, and, and you just, you hire it, uh, you use it to hire Omar Khan, uh, my minority himself, and uh, you, you get a winner right out of their own organization. Uh, I I think that you know things I'm looking for in this code in this in this GM search are are they coming from a winning organization, and how is that how how is their team built long term? That's the only concern I have with going with either of those Browns guys. Um, I, I, but but you know you look at the Steelers over the last twenty years, and uh, I would trade places with my Steelers friends and the, and and what they have received over the last twenty years. Uh, you know you got a little of the connection in New Orleans, uh, a little bit of that Ryan Pace vibe, I guess, uh, with his New Orleans connection. But I think he's uh, kind of entrenched and really uh, a, a good football mind who can uh, maybe bring a winning culture, you know, into uh, into Chicago. I even heard some possible, not even chatter, just people saying that if the Bears could somehow snag a Marcon to be a higher up, you know, maybe a, just a president in their organization and hire a GM under him, um, even that would be a win-win move to bring a guy with that kind of background in I agree. and experience. Um, and you can bring in possibly a, a, someone under him just because he, he is qualified to, to possibly even have a higher position than GM. But uh, Omar Khan would would be a slam dunk hire in my opinion, and uh, I'm gonna kick it over to Chris, who also has another slam dunk hire in my opinion. Uh, Chris, who is uh, your GM to watch uh, in this bear search? Yeah, so uh, I also think Omar Khan would be a good hire from a good organization. I don't know if he really serves your traditional GM role. Uh, it kind of concerns me a little bit that the Steelers don't want to hand him the reins um, after Kevin Colbert steps down after this next draft, which I also think is a very kind of an odd time to replace your GM, but I guess there's no real good time to do it. Um, 
but I think, you know, like you said, Khan comes from a good organization, uh, good blood, and maybe he is that, you know, football president type and they end up you know keeping like a champ kelly as the gm or maybe they bring in somebody else uh, as far as the browns guys i think what they're doing is leveraging these interviews to just kind of ask questions about you know how would they use their analytical background to kind of reface what chicago has done in their current processes um, and how, you know, they would bring analytics into that. And I think you'll probably see the analytics department change in some way, shape or form, regardless of who the GM is, is going forward. Um, but all of that being said, my guy is Mr. Ed Dodds, uh, current assistant GM from the Indianapolis Colts. He was previously with the Seattle Seahawks uh, for many years uh, initially started in the Oakland Raiders organization way back in 2003 as an intern. Uh, Fetch coffee, kept his mouth shut, but uh, earned the respect of Al Davis, one of the only guys that Al Davis talked to directly, uh, invited into the weight room on a daily basis, uh, shit, shot the shit about football. Um, he understood from Davis that if you don't do your job, you lose quick or you get replaced quick. So he, he does his job, and he's always competing. Uh, another great athletic article uh, written about Ed Dodds uh, to drop, you know, another athletic uh, endorsement. He is a competitor first and foremost, wants to compete, wants to, uh, you know, hit the pinnacle uh the as he's been with the colts they've uh flipped that roster over he's been involved with quentin nelson darius leonard naeem hines Braden smith jonathan taylor michael Pittman, zaire franklin um all these guys play significant roles on this colts refresh they went from three and 13 to 10 and six won a wild card game um but that's not enough for dodds he obviously wants to win more um, and he has said as much, uh, he'll never quit until, until he reaches his pinnacle, um, which is what I really like about him. He's pretty intense, only 41 years old, which does bring a little bit of concern to me with the whole Ryan pace being super young. Uh, but Dodds has been in the league for so long and learned under so many different people, uh, you know, learned under John Schneider in Seattle where he was there from 2007 until 2016 turned down a lot of opportunities. And Schneider told people no, when they came calling to interview Dodds uh, was involved with Russell Wilson, Bobby Wagner, Richard Sherman, Russell Okun, Earl Thomas, Golden Tate, Cam Chancellor, Ed Dodds is a scout at heart, first and foremost, which I think is also kind of Ryan Pace, because I think that was Pace's kind of claim to fame. But um, I think, you know, Dodds brings uh, it, it, the intensity and the, and the just absolute fire to win to the table. Uh, who he would bring in as a coach would be extremely interesting and uh, hopefully – you know, get somebody that he can work well with. But I think Ed Dodds would be a, uh, a slam dunk hire for the Bears. Currently working with Chris Ballard, which is funny because they go all the way back to college where they worked uh, in like Kensaw State or some some rickety 
plywood press box together uh, on a daily basis. And Ballard told him if he ever got a chance to run a team, he'd bring him with him. This was the only time that John Schneider knew that he couldn't say no to somebody. Uh, and Dodds took like a week to make the decision whether or not to stay in Seattle or go to Indianapolis and basically start over. And he said he made the decision because if he wasn't doing that, he wasn't competing. Uh, and that is his number one goal is to be a competitor. So Ed Dodds. Yeah, it's, he's been he's been on my radar for a few years now. Even when things got rocky for the Bears, I said I, this is this is one guy I would love running the team. It just his people in the NFL widely regard him as the best scout in the league, hands down. And I just think if you can combine his his scouting expertise, you know, with solid drafts, you know. You're, you're probably going to upgrade from Pace there, even though Pace is a solid drafter. And you can combine that with Chris Ballard's kind of frugal spending and free agency um, with, you know, I, we, we can talk about it. You know, Colts build a great team. They just can't. Chris Ballard's kryptonite is finding QB. If Justin Fields is it, man, this is a match made in heaven. If 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 that is his one weakness is finding the QB or or whatever. But the big thing about this to me that stands out, Chris, is, this is a culture change guy. Like this is a guy that won't settle for anything less than winning a championship. You know, he says, you know, people in the Colts organization are like, you know, it was a good season. You know, we made the wild card round and he literally just says, fuck that. Like we didn't win the super bowl. There's more work to be done. There's, there's meat left on the bone here. That's, this is the type of guy the bears need to bring in. And there's the obvious polling connection there with the Colts. I mean, I think that is one of the main reasons the Bears got an interview with him because, like we said, he's turned down interviews in the past and he's not going to accept any job unless it's a place he thinks he can win. So I think he hit it on the head. I, this is my number one for this job. I think he he is a slam dunk for the Bears organization and just what we've been accustomed to. This is a complete and utter would be a shock for the Bears. It's interesting what jobs he has turned down. He turned down a shot at the Browns interview. He turned down a shot at the Panthers uh, GM interview. He did interview with the Lions, which makes me wonder why they didn't hire him. But it's the Lions, and you know they they don't always do the best thing for him. Um, and again, like I said, he's super young. Uh, he is a pretty intense guy, so it it kind of makes me wonder, you know if he is in that Chris Ballard type of fiery mode, if that really vibes with the McCaskies and I just, it makes me nervous that they won't go with a guy that kind of, you know, rocks the boat or gets fiery or gets intense and, and gets in their, maybe gets in their face in a way. But, um, you know, and I don't know how much of a salesman type Dodds is. And I think that's what the McCaskies go for. You know, they get sold on people, you know, people present a plan and they're, you know, tell them why it's so great. And we'll see if uh, we'll see what the fuck George, how George fucks this up. But I, Dodds I, would be a great I, hire. I think it really depends on how much say they're given Polian. I think if Polian is truly leading this charge, I think Dodds will be one of his front runners for sure. I mean, He's Polian is basically Colts royalty. I mean, he's gonna. And if if there was one person to say, yeah, you know, I want him to influence how this comes out, it, it would probably be for Ed Dodds. Well, you talk about uh, him being very selective with jobs, Chris Krogman. Do you think this is a job that he would take? 
I, you know, it's given what you know about the McCaskies, given you know about the history of kind of, you know, Bears football, kind of being not being good, but then not so good. Always having something hamper, something. I feel like you wouldn't even interview if he wasn't interested. So uh, that's 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 gonna be that's gonna offset my first point, and and you, you hit the nail on the head, Lucas. Is like. The whole Ballard thing and that, like, you know, w- the way that went down with him not getting hired as the as the GM back when uh, at, what Emery did or Pace did, whatever doesn't matter. Um, pay, uh, Pace, um, it was Pace. Yeah. Then, uh, and he and Dodds being so close makes me concerned that Ballard would be in his ear telling him you know, all the inner dirtiness of the McCaskies and how he wouldn't want to do that job. But then to Lucas's point, why even take the interview if you're not even interested in the job? You know, there's plenty, there's three other GM jobs out there that you could go interview for. So maybe, you know, the Ballard and the McCaskies have have made nice now and everything's fine. Um, And, you know, I think that it's it's still possible that Dodds could be the higher, but that uh, that was one of the first things that crossed my mind is if he has such a he has such a very strong long relationship with Chris Ballard that that could go either way. I mean, he could, and and the the other thing is like the Bears are a storied franchise. I mean, if you want to talk to me, if you want to talk about the GM jobs that are open now with the Raiders being open you know the the all three like three of the teams have just a storied franchise and then there's the vikings which vikings fans somehow think that that's the best job and they're out of their fucking minds um but either way um i think dodds would want to build the bears again and and view it as the ultimate competition and the ultimate like success if he could flip this this team into a, a storied franchise again I don't know. I don't even know if I've heard of Dodds interviewing for any of the other open GM jobs. To be honest, I I think as far as I heard, I think the Bears the only one he's interviewed for. I'm not positive on that, but a lot of it comes down to number one. I mean, if you believe, you know, obviously his scouting expertise. If he scouted Justin Fields and said this guy's really effing good, yeah, it's it's an enticing job. He can pick who he wants to coach the team. You got cap room. You got a lot of free agents. You can build this roster from scratch. Um, you know what the McCaskies are going to get a long leash. So, yeah, I think it's a very enticing job. It's just a matter of if, you know, who's making the call. I, I think if if Bill Polian is truly in their ear about this, I, I really think Ed Dodds is probably at the top of his list just to even start. So the the Raiders did request an interview but it doesn't look like it's taking place yet. Uh, looks like he's on the Giants interview list. Let's see here. Vikings. Mm, a lot of them are just potential candidates, not like uh, actual interviews, but we'll see. Um I mean, with the Bears and also interviewing 15 people is such a big wide net. Like, I feel like it's going to be hard for George to narrow it down. And then I'm wondering if they're going to do like second interviews 
are they going to do some stupid like mock press conference bullshit shenanigans again or you know like how are they going to continue the interview process when there's so many candidates yeah i mean this is definitely a slow process but you know we're going into week two they they have to get through all these candidates somehow some way and there's new candidates emerging every day you know you figure they would have to narrow it down by probably this weekend to get second interviews in next week i mean you can't you gotta take your time making this decision but you also can't wait forever um you know the last thing you want is a rival team you know, picking the GM you want or the coach you want just because you you sat on your hands too long. Well, that's my that was gonna that's what I was thinking is like if you do interview somebody and you're like, man, this is like this is the guy. Like you get that feeling. Do you pull the trigger and just say, okay, sorry, you know, remaining seven candidates that we have in our fifteen play fifteen pool list. Too bad we found our guy. Or do you go through all of them knowing that you want this guy, but you know, not pull the trigger and then risk that you lose him to somebody else? It's a fine line. The bears are walking. I don't know. Like I said, it's a slow process, but they, they, they do have to get through these interviews at some point and they still have, you know, quite a few more coaches to interview as well. So um, interesting process, but obviously you probably want to hire your GM before you put your, coach in place and see who they want so um rumor is that we they are going to hire a uh a gm first is that correct so that's far that's it should be. well that's of course joe <laughs> should be in the mccaskies don't typically go together that's why we're here <laughs> i just saw adam schefter just tweeted the Dan Quinn is going to interview with the Bears this week. Uh, speaking of coaches and interviews, boo on that is what I say. Whoa. He, you know what's crazy is he is the most – I think he's the most requested potential head coach interview of this cycle. I think every team has requested to interview Dan Quinn. It's because he's got the white stuff, bro. That Cowboys defense was garbage last year, just a heads up. I mean, they were terrible. Yeah, I mean, they, were, they, they had their moments, but – uh, They're much better this yeah. year. Much, not much not my favorite, not my favorite candidate, but I mean, he did go to the Super Bowl. He does seem to hire good coaches with Shanahan and all them. So who knows? But yeah, not my first choice. Uh, so my GM candidate, I have uh, Rick Smith, who is the old Texans GM, was there from 2006 to 2017. Um, he didn't get fired. He stepped away from the team because his wife was dying of cancer. Unfortunately, she passed that year, and uh, Texans kind of pulled the rug from under and hired a new GM, um, and he was just kind of left jobless out of the league for a few years, and he did his own thing. I think there's a rumor that he became a samurai or something like that and did all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, he's an interesting dude. He, uh, you know, his Texans tenure, I mean, they weren't great teams, but they were the best Texans teams we've seen. Um, still relatively new in 2006, 2007. Um, I think he won four division titles with them in a division with Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning. Um, his drafts have been pretty good there. I mean, they, they've – it seems like every first round he hit a home run with his first-round picks, um, taking guys like J.J. Watt, Kareem Jackson. He, you know, he made the trade-up for Deshaun Watson – um, there's plenty of talent all around, you know, Brian Cushing, 
uh, Connor Barwin, Dwayne Brown, uh, Brandon Brooks, Whitney Merciless, DeAndre Hopkins, um, Jadavian Clowney. Seems like any time he had a first-round pick, he hit a home run with it, and a lot of his mid-round guys were all right. But he built some solid rosters there for the Texans. Um, main thing that impresses me about him is that he's held a lot of different positions in a dysfunctional organization. Um, I think he was basically vice president of the whole operation there. And he, he had a lot of say there, um, you know, in that organization overall and and working under the McNairs isn't the easiest, but he maintained it. And he basically maintained the whole football fort um, while he was there. And if the bears don't have someone reporting under Ted Phillips, you know, this is the type of guy you want. He's held, basically held down the entire football operation. And that's what the bears are going to need moving forward um, with a GM who's highly qualified. He has experience as a GM. You know what you're going to get with him. Solid candidate for the bears. Um, Might not have some of the upside of some of the other guys, but you know, you're going to get good drafts. You know, you know, he's going to manage the cap. Well, you know, he's going to do, do things the right way. That's what I got on Rick Smith. I mean, I think he's a, like I said, solid candidate. You know, maybe he's not as much upside as some of these other guys, but you know what you're getting. You're getting a very solid person, someone you want working in your organization. Um, Looks like they don't even have an interview scheduled yet for him, but they did request one. Uh, That might be kept more on the down low just because he's not working for anyone currently, so I don't really need to disclose that information. So who knows? Mm. Why do they need to request an interview then? What do you mean? I just know. I I just know he was on their list of potential candidates, but there's no there was no information about like when they would do it or it's it's the same as Harbaugh. Like Harbaugh, you would get no information on just because he's a college coach. You don't need to be provided that. real question is who do you guys want coaching the bears there's a lot of a lot of leslie frazier smoke and i'm not happy about it i want bill Parcells coaching the bears yes oh god yes i want bill belichick is that an option could i have don shula please i mean what do you what do you guys make of that like why like just it, I, I don't know. I can't make sense of the Leslie Frazier. Just it just seems like the McCaskies are living in 1985. Like they just want him because he was an 85 bear. But it and just makes you know he strikes me as a safe candidate. It's John Fox all over again, right? You hire right. you hire the guy to fix your culture, and he gets fired in four years, or he dies because he's fucking like 90 years old. Uh, yes. Why, why uh, you bring him in here? You can have a young guy fix your culture just as easily, like. <laughs> what if they want to do something like oh never mind never mind he's already a dc somewhere i thought never mind i was gonna say what if they bring him in to um be the dc to like a young offensive guy but that's that's not gonna work i don't have a clue as to why the hell they want to talk to leslie frazier and he is getting a lot of of noise in the in the ranks, I, I mean, defense, Buffalo's defense is very solid this year. I mean, they're very good. It's but... McDermott, though. I, okay. It, 
my big thing about Frazier is that just We've his defenses previously were not very good. They were okay. And most of the time they actually got better when he left. He failed it. He failed as a coach of the Vikings. I mean, granted, he didn't have a QB, but it wasn't good. He had one 10 and six season. <laughs> it just, I don't know. I just, I did. I think it he's makes getting looks because he's, he's the safe minority candidate that you can hop, that you can interview to check off your box to say you, but, but you know, you're not, you don't need that though. You're interviewing Byron Leftwich. You're interviewing Todd Bowles. You're interviewing Bro, Brian, Brian Flores. Yes. Like, That's just, my guy. For me, this just, it either tells me they're really interested in, which I think they might be because George is an idiot, but I, I cannot see a new GM signing off on that at all. George is so like this is this is so George because it, it it gives him the feels down in his down in his fucking you know bears yes blood you know oh you know and it'll make maybe it'll make mom happy you know it'll bring it. back Fuck. they like Leslie you know I, it's 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 like the you know you know the old thing about you know Michigan coaches we gotta hire a Michigan guy and now obviously they got that with Harbaugh but for a while in the mid two thousands. We don't you have a Michigan guy and they didn't that with you know Rich Rodriguez wasn't a Michigan guy and Brady Hoke wasn't a Michigan. That's what it feels like. It feels like fine. The you want a Michigan guy, get fucking Harbaugh, dude. Well, no, no, I mean, no, no, you no, want no, a bear, if you want a Bears guy, get Harbaugh. That's, that's what that's Jesus the point. Christ. Yeah, I mean, if you want a Bears guy, but it doesn't have a plenty of dick to, 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 to swing and get and get Jim Harbaugh away from Michigan. Well, that's the problem, too. Like, I don't know how much they want a Bears guy because. Unless they're thinking, hey, we fucked up the last time and not hiring Ballard because Ballard was a, a Ballard grew up in the Bears organization. You know, he was a scout here for years and they didn't hire him. He thought he had it in the bag, even told his wife and kids or some shit that he had it in the bag. So uh, it's mad frustrating that, um, you know, that that kind of nepotism and, hey, we know this guy kind of shit is going to play into this. But it definitely is, unless Bill Polian has a lot to say about it, and hopefully he does. Do we think I mean, it's just a see... cat? Sorry. Yeah, I just could you see a new GM signing off on that if they said, "Hey, we want Leslie Frazier to be our coach." Like I could not. They would. They would be like, "Dude, what are you talking about? You have a you have a rookie QB. Why are you bringing in a guy who's who's not even going to be around for half of his career?" You mean like they did with John Fox? <laughs> do we yeah, think this is just the mccaskey's been like oh if we dip into the the, the sentimental well we'll kind of get so we'll get some fair some like positive vibes from the from the fan say, base the big thing with john fox i mean i would say tressman really left the organization in shambles like the, the locker room was a mess john i feel like john fox was almost needed just because the locker room was in complete disarray it's not really the case this time. I mean, I feel like they they didn't have a clean break off with Nagy, but you know these these the locker room is is there. Like I don't know. I feel like Tre- Tressman left a huge tsunami in his wake. I feel like it's not really. Yeah, the case I right mean, now. you had the wasn't that like where you had Aaron Cromer talking shit about Cutler and like he just, yeah, like, it was it was dude, crazy. It was, a, it was a disaster, absolute disaster. Yeah. No, I mean, it's. They tighten up a lot of stuff, and and they tighten up a lot under Pace. You know, I think Pace also helped change the culture in Chicago. You know, with the upgrades at Hallis and the expansion. Pace left the organization better than he found it. 
I, I definitely agree. And I understand why people don't like the guy. People, some people go way out of pocket to fucking talk shit about Ryan Pace. And it's it's all football related and I get it. But like, unfortunately, in this, you know, organization, the GM was a, a bigger role than just the product on the football field. And maybe maybe Pace should have handed off more of that, those roles to a different person in the organization like Champ Kelly or, or Joe Douglas before he left or something like that. But um, I, I, I'm so, I'm so fucking concerned here, fellas. I am too. Lucas, I know you're like, uh, you know, kind of just on the edge of your seat waiting for who they're going to hire and checking Twitter every five minutes. And I trust me, man, I would have been there too at your age, but at, this fucking stage in my life and after seeing this garbage team do this shit for so long i have no faith that they're not gonna fuck this up so i'm just biding my time and and watching other sports and doing other things too yeah until they hire somebody and even once they hire somebody i'll i'll be excited you know i'll be like okay let's go guy but man if i get my hopes up on somebody like ed dodds and then they turn around and, and hire you know Jeff Ireland. Uh, <laughs> fuck, man. Jeff just, Ireland and Leslie Frazier is the parent from hell. At least that with is, like pace, it was kind of exciting because I wasn't, I didn't really know who he was. You know, I was like, oh, okay. This, this guy's comes from the saints. Saints have been good. They've drafted well. You know, I, I, I was kind of taken aback by that. I thought it was valid for sure. For sure. Um, and then Fox, I'd fuck that. I did not want John Fox. No. I live here in Denver, and, you know, they fired him, and I was like, yep, they fired John Fox for a reason. And then we hired him, and I was like, God damn it. Sure shit, we're going to – we botched this one. But my understanding – and I guess people are saying in that athletic article, it confirmed that Ryan Pace ultimately had the decision – but to me, it sounded like the McCaskies were like, we think you should hire John Fox. And Pace was like, okay, I'll do that. But ultimately, it was, quote, unquote, his decision. He wanted your boy Dan Quinn. He just mentioned. Yeah, apparently, Dan Quinn, he supposedly thought he had the job too. And they went with Fox. Hmm. I mean, you I mean – he brings Kyle Shanahan. Trubisky might be a different story. This might be a completely different. We'd all be wearing our Trubisky jerseys. Yeah. Super. He wouldn't be the MVP. He'd be the MVP. (laughs) (laughs) They'd rename that the Mitch valuable player. Uh, Yeah, no. Um, So who do I want to see as coach? Well, we're, we're about to find out. You already know. If you guys follow the pod, follow the pod on Twitter. Uh, I'll kick us off because I love my candidate. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett is my dude. He is a fun candidate. He connects with his players. He's a smart motherfucker, was going to be a doctor. Uh, his dad grew up in football. Uh, he grew up in football. He's been around the sport his whole life, but he is also into hip hop dancing and uh, like many other 
talents that he has, but he, he can connect with everybody and he can teach. And that's the most important thing for me for this next head coach is can you teach? Can you teach an offense that nobody's ever run before? Can you invent an offense and then teach it to a bunch of people who don't know anything? Uh, he was a coach under John Gruden. Uh, he worked with Jay Gruden at Tampa Bay. He coached at Stanford. Uh, he was the assistant linebackers coach at UC Davis and was uh, was with our boy JT O'Sullivan, who runs the QB school. So uh, JT probably learned a shit ton from Nathaniel Hackett uh, while he was while they were there together. Um, was with the Buffalo Bills as a offensive quality control guy with Alex Van Pelt and Eric Studsville, who actually has ties to Brian Flores as well. This is all nepotism. Everybody just knows each other. Uh, went to Syracuse under head coach Doug Marone. Uh, and while he was at Syracuse, like uh, one of his quarterbacks tells a story where he came into the locker room like a, a, a couple weeks before the first game and completely revamped the offense and went to an up-tempo offense and they set all kinds of school records there. Um, Coach Ryan Nassib in the orange to a single season passing record improved the points per game every year in, from 2010 to 2012. Uh, while he then went back to the Bills as a uh, as the offensive coordinator, they were second in rushing, 10th in TDs in 2013, 2014. Uh, they were 18th in passing yards with our boy Kyle Orton. So he does have some, some neck beard bears ties there. Uh, went to the Jags, had Bortles throw for almost 4,000 yards, 23 touchdowns and, and only 16 picks. And those are big numbers for uh, Blake Bortles. They went to the AFC Championship game that year. He also had uh, Leonard Fournette. Um, they were in 2017, they were third in points, second in yards per game, first in rushing yards, second in TDs. The man uses his strengths is basically what it comes down to. And he's been in enough different systems with enough, enough different coaches to where he can basically build something from the ground up and teach it to people. Uh, Green Bay has obviously been a top 10 offense every year. He's been there. It doesn't, you know, it's not hard to understand that it's, Aaron Rodgers and uh, now Matt LaFleur, you know, leading that. But Rodgers was quoted with saying he would hate to lose him, but feel like he'd be a fantastic head coach somewhere. Um, he doesn't call plays in Green Bay, but he did in Jacksonville. Uh, and LaFleur has talked about handing play calling over to Hackett. Um, and he has no previous head coaching experience at any level, but I think uh, he's going to get his shot and he would be a great person to get his shot under Ed Dodds. And I know that's an all white staff. I didn't mean to do that. They're going to hire a minority. It's almost guaranteed the way they're doing this um, outreach, which is awesome. I think it's fantastic that they've expanded this. Um, what are the diversity group? Um, and they have, different people at, from different parts of the organization um, contributing. Uh, so I, I think those two would be good together. I, I think the ultimate intense combination would be uh, Dodds and Flores, but Flores is Joe's dude. So uh, I'll let him get on it, but that would be the most intense, you know, make George McCaskey shit himself and win football games uh, combo that I would like to see. Could, could you imagine being a, a player or like, just like 
the McCaskies and going to the bar with those two dudes. I'd be so scared. Like <laughs> I would be terrified. Don there's like, like... There, dude, there's like zero hair cells combined between the two of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Don's would be like, you know, telling you how you need to compete. We need to fucking win. And Flores would be like, look, if you don't compete, you're just you're just off the team and you suck. Flores he would le- be like <laughs> he what do you think allegedly he would tell Trubisky. Dude, he allegedly <laughs> told uh Tua that they should have taken Mac Jones in the draft. That's all that's awesome. And he, you know, he wanted Herbert over Tua. Um, you know, he like a lot of people want to talk shit that he yo-yoed Tua and didn't let him develop, but like he never liked him and he never wanted like he to. He got go the with most him. I feel like he got the most out of Tua that you would possibly get out of him. Because by the end I'm, of this year, he was playing pretty well. Well, and they they con- he constantly complained that Tua. I'm going off about Flores, and this is Joe's dude, so I'm gonna I'm go gonna for it. I'm listening. I'm gonna stop after this one comment. He told Tua, uh, like I guess to his face and in front of teammates that he's he shouldn't be golfing on days off. He should be working on his game because he's not good enough. And that's my kind of coach. I, I Trubisky like, would be crying his way. See, out I, of I feel like that is the type of coach that Justin Fields would respond to as well. Yep. 100%. Yep. That is the type 100%. of dude that would Those two would love each other. That's like a match made in heaven. Even though Flores is a defensive coach, that is a match made in heaven. Before Joe takes over, I, I will just chime in on Hackett. I think you you nailed it. I think if the Bears want the there's a lot of different coaches in this coaching cycle, but if the Bears want the best possible leader, total leader and teacher of the team, Hackett is the way to go. 100% something they haven't had since lovey smith and i think that i think that he's had enough time in the league and been in enough different places and has enough nfl pedigree connection with his father that he's gonna hire a great staff so um i i i would i would love to see nate hackett get his shot and love to see green bay fans just shit themselves about it some of our favorite green bay fans don't want to lose him and uh i have a feeling more excited I have a feeling he'll get hired this cycle. Maybe I could see him if in Denver. We don't, or yeah, if we don't hire him, Denver's going to hire him because they they but, think that's going to be the key to get Aaron Rodgers in the offseason. I I I don't know. I just I don't think the Bears are going to go that route. Just Dude, off you, my you know who should, You know who should come to Denver and coach Denver and just would just be awesome for all of Denver. Nick Saban? Nope. <laughs> you got to guess. No, oh, man. Eric Bieniemy, he went to he went to Colorado. Colorado, dude. I mean, it would be awesome, and you steal from the Chiefs, and it would be. I, I would love like I as much as like Denver fans drive me fucking bonkers, and like having to deal with the whole Jay Cutler thing for so long, and oh man, uh, that was that was not fun living going. living in Denver. I understand that, but like if anything goes wrong, it's it it was. <laughs> It was not fun living here in that time period. And uh, I moved here shortly before he got traded to the Bears. So I, I heard all of it. Uh, but that being said, Eric Bieniemy would be a great coach here and bring a lot of that actual uh, good, good vibe, good former uh, native of the state feels to a, an organization. And it would be a really good hire for Denver. So um yeah, that's who should be the the head the head coach of the Broncos is Eric Bieniemy, but that's just my take. 
Joe, who is your awesome, amazing coach that we are going to hire? The betting favorite. Don Shula. Plus 130. Or digging Don Shula out of the grave and hiring him to lead us to an undefeated season. No, just kidding. Uh, Mike Dan Marino. Well, I love Justin Fields, but if you give me Prime Marino, I we'll trade be. Justin for a couple number ones and take Dan Marino. That'd be fine with me. That but my guy fun. is, as previously alluded, Brian Flores. Brian Flores with an overall losing record as a head coach, twenty four and twenty five. But uh, I, I, I give him a lot of grace because he was saddled with the loser franchise of the Miami Dolphins. Their, their franchise sucks ass and has been uh, in disarray for, for, for many years, even worse so than the Chicago Bears. I see that look, Chris Krogman. Uh, my, you know what? The, you know what? My, you, there was this coach there that you know he's now in the SEC and he coached the Dolphins for a little bit. I think they've been in disarray ever <laughs> since he left. Oh, no, they were in disarray before he got there. <laughs> well, maybe they're in disarray even more because of him, though. He's like, oh, I just can't do it at this NFL level, so I'm going to go ahead and go on back to Alabama. <laughs> hey, I, I I have no need to defend Nick Saban. That's 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 neither here nor there to me. Uh, no, no, you don't. Yes, the the no, Dolphins don't. have been uh, have been not so hot uh, for 20 years. Uh, but, but Brian Fuller is coming out of the Patriots organization – uh, starting as a kind of a scout, get, getting going in their organization, coming up through the defensive ranks, all the way to linebackers coach uh, and assistant uh, like defensive coordinator. He called the plays for the New England Patriots in 2018 before taking over for uh, for for the Dolphins, taking over for fired Adam Gase. Uh, but my guys uh, is uh, is Brian Flores really not so much for. Uh, you know, what kind of schemes we're going to run or, uh, you, you know, we're going to be extra cutting edge or new age, but exactly what Krogman kind of alluded to earlier. I think this team has been lacking in discipline over the last half, three or four years. I think that we've seen uh, a lot, a lot of pre-snap penalties. I think we've seen a lot of lack of attention to detail. And while the dolphins have not been, you know, very good, uh, their defense has been pretty damn solid the last couple of years. Uh, and, and, you know, you're overcome, you're trying to overcome a, a bad offensive line that's been bad forever. Uh, but the Dolphins, you know, they have outside of really his first couple of weeks on the job been fighting and been in these games. And uh, I, I think that's very admirable. And, and so uh, Brian Flores, I think probably going to bring in a guy like Jim Caldwell to run the offense uh, and, a guy that I think has kind of got a sh- the short end of the stick uh, throughout his NFL career, but but I think Jim Caldwell can come in and run run a modern offense to fit to fit to uh, just, uh, Justin Fields. I would be very happy if we got uh, if we got Brian Flores. I don't know that I would expect to uh, go right to the playoffs, but I think I would uh, immediately expect to uh, to see the team ready to play on Sunday. And really, that's been so inconsistent for the last two or three years with the Bears, and that's really what's turned me off is not knowing what Bears I'm going to see this week. Are the Bears going to be ready to play? Are they going to look engaged? And when they did over the last couple of years under Matt Nagy, they were competitive and they were easy to watch. They were enjoyable, fun to cheer for. But the weeks where they looked like they couldn't, they didn't know left from right, and you know, in the defense just kind of looked like they didn't want to be out there. Just 
which was many weeks for, for on both sides of the ball. That's what made me hate uh, this this previous regime is uh, m- many weeks showing up on Sunday, not looking ready to play in the slightest. And I think that would immediately change under Brian Flores. Does the psychopath mentality scare you? He has the typical New England attitude where if you don't do things the Patriot way and you are not militaristic in the way you go about things, he goes nuts. He fired three or four of his offensive coordinators and outline coaches the past few years. And uh, obviously all the stuff comes out about two. I mean, it's, well, I'm a you know, little obviously, about... obviously we, we, you know, we heard all the stuff about Matt Nagy after he gets fired, right? Like he's a dickhead. Right. You're going into this knowing Brian Flores is a, is a dickhead. Do you well, think that like he definitely needs someone like Caldwell and a staff to kind of keep him in check for sure? But does that scare you at all that he could just go off the rails at any time? No, because I feel like Matt Nagy just never would. I, 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 I don't know. I feel like I feel like players respect authenticity more, uh, m- more than just you know. We're trying to figure it out. You know, Maggie Maggie called out Trubisky in front of the whole fucking team, according to that athletic article. We we found <laughs> out Maggie was a Nagy was a dick. Well, here's the other thing. I, I'm 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 a little weary. Like the Dolphins a week after the national media is like, why don't you fire this guy? <laughs> we kind of run a PR spin campaign that he and Tua, he didn't do He didn't like Tua. Uh, well, he wasn't the only one that did that, that wanted Deshaun Watson. Stephen Ross wanted Deshaun Watson also. Uh, so, so I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, am I leery of him being an, an overt asshole? No, because honestly, Lucas, in my mind, the bears should be exactly that kind of franchise that, you know, you do the, you do it the bears way or you get the fuck out. In, in my opinion, I, that's what I would love to see is ascend to that. That's how I view our, uh, that's how I view our franchise in my perception, just because I love them so much. And I think that they should be esteemed and respected to that degree. Now that's obviously not the, always the case, but uh, no, I'm not afraid of uh, uh, Brian Flores's attitude because I feel like if you can get that attitude to permeate through the entire organization, not just a little bit, not, but, but really permeate, through the organization, you can have really high accountability, and it can turn into it can turn into long term success. So one thing right. that we talk about a lot here is the penalties, right? As far as the discipline is con- concerned in in Chicago, um, as far as Miami is concerned, they were not fantastic last year. They were still better than Chicago, but the previous two years. Uh, so Flores' first two years in Miami, they were top five in penalties against. So like the bet in a good way. I don't know how to fucking say this. Uh, they got the least top amount five of the least penalties. Yes, yes. <laughs> top five least amount of penalties against uh, two years. Uh, the, his first two years. So he he runs a tight ship. Uh, it does you know it does seem like he is kind of a my way or the highway guy and it is a little concerning how many offensive coordinators he's run through i know caldwell was a was a a health concern situation um but he you know like i said he had eric studsville uh but how how many guys are are in the organization right now who need to hear my way or the highway who need to hit the highway get the fuck out of here 
Yeah, and that's fine. No, I, I, I don't necessarily have a problem with that attitude. Uh, sometimes you just need some continuity. Sometimes th- that's true too. Some, but sometimes the delivery needs to be um, ca- tailored to the person that you're that you're giving it to, and not just the same militaristic style drill sergeant like like uh, like Lucas alluded to. That doesn't speak well to being a teacher, in my opinion. But the other thing is like there was rumors that he stopped talking to his off that his entire ass- assistant staff like right before they went on that winning streak, like right around Thanksgiving, he just stopped talking to everybody. Didn't tell them what the meeting schedule was. Uh, you know, there was, there were some rumors that are, that were a little off putting about Flores and not to say that it, it sways me from wanting him as a head coach. Cause I think he would, would write the ship here. And I think fields would, would be drawn to him, but um, I found it funny, but they also went on like an eight game winning streak during that yeah, time. They, so. they didn't lose. That's the other thing. He, he beats his rivals. I mean, he beat the brakes off the Patriots. He's four one versus versus Belichick. And he just really seems to, if you can give me two wins a year, I'll be a satisfied. Bear See, fan. that is <laughs> the thing about him is that his, I love how he plays defense really relentless. I mean, when they, and they started doing their zero blitz thing or whatever. They started destroying teams on defense. You know, they were just absolutely just man defense. We are sending the house on every single play, and we're going to put you in the dirt. And they were they were crushing teams, albeit they were very bad teams they beat when, when they went on that win streak. But uh, that defense was, was fired up for sure. They made Ian Book look like a, a professional quarterback. <laughs> what? No, no, they did not. Yeah, Ian, Ian Book, Book was he terrible against them. He he what? torched them. Are you high? Not yet. Messing with you. Ian Book got fucking. I mean, I don't pick on Notre Dame just because you're a Bama fan. That's not even in the same. Nick Saban wanted that job. Which which one? Notre Dame. When? Uh, like Charlie Weiss time, but they told him, but they told him no because he wanted five uh, academic uh, passes or whatever, and they told him no. He's like, all right, he's a he's a big Catholic. Yep, smart guy. Smart guy not to take it. Because he wants dumb guys on his on his football team. <laughs> <laughs> now, didn't didn't Nick Saban wouldn't they not give Nick Saban enough academic exemptions or something like that? Yeah, five, that's what he, he just said. Five. He wasn't paying attention. Oh, is that is that what it was? Five. Yeah. How many? How many? The does the coach at Notre Dame get now? None. Zero. Everybody's got to be above on, on academic standards. It's really not that hard. It's like a 3.0. It's, it's like a B average. Just don't be a complete dummy. Well, I, I'll wrap our podcast up here with my coach, who is the most polarizing Bears candidate. In Bill Belichick. Bar- Brian Dable. Um, he has a lot of experience in the league, a lot of different roles. Uh, let me bring it up here where he's been. He's been all over the place. Run. He's been with the Browns. He's Day been ball. with the Dolphins. He's been with the Chiefs. He's been with the Alabama Crimson Tide, and now he landed with the Buffalo Bills. Um, 
He started his career actually on the defensive side of the ball before transferring to offense full time. And, uh, well, his offenses everywhere besides Buffalo were not great. Um, his overall uh, points and yards were 27 and 32nd, 23rd and 28th, 14th and 22nd, 32nd and 27th, 28th and 18th. And then he gets to Buffalo. And he gets Josh Allen after two years, and his offenses are top five both years. And this year, he was first in both points and yards. Um, Dayball's interesting. I mean, like I said, just not the track record of success you want, but he's been around the league for a while and has catered his offense um, to Josh Allen's skill set, um, which is something we we want to see. And the reason he's most intriguing for me is just because I think Justin Fields and Josh Allen have a very, very similar skill set. Um, and I think if you put Justin Fields in the Bills offense, like you're getting a very similar result. That's the only reason I like him for the Bears. I don't know about his leadership ability, though. I don't know how about his ability to lead a team. Um, we saw with Nagy, you know, when when that stuff comes into play, you know, you really have no idea, you know, when, when you have to start managing a team as a whole and, and not just focus on your offense, how does that work? Um, so Brian Dibbles, he, he scares me a little bit, but if it did work and he did bring that kind of spread Bills offense to Chicago, I think it would be awesome with Justin Fields. But as his as a head coach, I don't know, man. I'm, all, I'm on the fence about him. I just feel like we've heard all year from Albert Breer, you know, Dayball's the leader in the clubhouse for the Bears. He's a hot candidate. He's going to get a job somewhere. I don't know. How do you guys feel about it? The more you read about him, I know, Chris, you're like, all right, maybe he's not so bad. But my big thing about him is it seems like he abandons the run a lot. Um, and and a lot of his run game is just predicated on Josh Allen. Fields, while is athletic and mobile, I do worry about his injuries. I, w- I would not want Fields running like Josh Allen does. I'm with you, Luke. I think that uh, he's the weakest of the three candidates you mentioned. And yes, you hit on the adver- how, how he's averse to running the football. I don't love that. I, 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 I would love for my head coach or whoever is calling the offense to recognize the importance well, of at least balance, a proper balance. You know what's you know what's very ironic is that every year from 2009 to 2019 his offense is basically ranked between 5th and 6th in the league in rushing attempts besides one year where he was 22nd but he has 1 2 3 4 5 6 years where he was 6th in rushing attempts and then when Josh Allen had his breakout 2 years ago he went down to 17th and 13th in the league in rushing attempts so kind of when the Bills offense took off is when he stopped running the ball which is just ironic but i, I don't know I, I personally don't love it, especially when you have Montgomery and Khalil Herbert. I would like a more balanced attack for sure. I I also don't think that the running back talent in Buffalo is all that oh, good. It's, it's terrible. Um, some might say Devin Singletary is, uh, is fantastic, but he's not. Um, so... Uh, yeah, I I 
I don't blame Dayball for, you know, and coaches fall in love with their people, you know, their, the talent around them. So I think, you know, Dayball is just using the strengths that he has and whether or not he needs to, and he has had games this year with the, the bills where they, they crushed it on the ground. Like they ran for, a couple hundred yards. Let me, right. I'm trying to, but I'm saying sometimes a lot of times when that happens though, it's Josh Allen accounts for like half of those yards. Nah, we're talking like 200 yards, dude. I don't think Josh Allen's a account. Josh Allen runs for a lot of yards, dude, a ton of yards. He's, I don't know. I'm just, I'm so torn on Dable. I don't know how to feel. I feel like you would bring a really good offense for Justin Fields. I just, I, I, the fact, and then there's also the fact that people are saying, you know, he, uh, people are saying attributing Josh Allen's kind of transformation to Ken Dorsey, their QB coach, and Josh Palmer, who he's worked with in the in the off season. So I really don't know what to think of him. It it does scare me that this is the first time he has a good offense when he kind of has a stacked deck of cards. So last. Here, let's just run through. Let's just run through the whole season. 117, 143, 122, 199, 121. They had a they shit the bed against the Titans. They had 82 yards. Uh, they lost that game. Uh, 34, 31. It looks like so. That's probably why. They were down, didn't run the ball a whole lot. 102, then they shit the bed. 72, 139, 113, 173, 119, 114, 233, 170. So he will run the ball, uh, but I I, I agree. I, my thing with Dayball is I think he goes to his strengths. My problem with Dayball is that I don't know if he's the leader of men that we – you know, that we're looking for, that the bears are looking for. He's supposedly very soft-spoken, you know, but I mean, he is a teacher. He is, which is what I'm looking for. And he isn't, you know, use the talent around him and and play to your strengths kind of offensive guy. But that doesn't mean shit when you're the head coach, you know, Chris, who, how many yards do you think Devin Singletary had this year? Probably so off the top of your noggin. 681. Less, like, yeah, less. I was right. going to say less so, than 600. And how many yards do you think Josh Allen had rushing? 368. Oh, he probably had 450. All right. 500. Devin Singletary had 870 yards on 188 per attempts. Okay. Josh Allen had 763 rushing yards on 122 attempts this year, averaging 6.3 per clip. I'm telling you, Josh Allen is Josh Allen is their run game. When the Bills ran the ball well, Josh Allen had a ton of yards. He was just basically their, almost their leading rusher this year. He was nipping the heels of of Singletary. In what uh, what Moss carries. what Moss have? I mean, not that not to say that Zach Moss is a better running back, but I just Zach had, Moss had 345 on how many carries? Uh, 96. So Josh right. Allen had the most yards per attempt at 
Yeah, yeah you can't really touchdowns. I don't think quarterbacks and yards per carry should be compared to a running. It's just back. well, well, I'm just saying it's in sinks. If you look at the numbers, like okay, yeah, they they were whatever sixth in rushing this year. Well, your quarterback is running for that many. It's it's insane. But like I said, if you imagine Justin Fields running 122 times, you would think he would break every single bone in his body. God, I hope not. He's six four, two thirty. He's he's got to be as close to as big as Josh Allen is. I don't know, man. I am more. Josh Allen's reckless, and he just seems like he's a tank. JF one, I feel like gets hurt kind of easily. Sometimes man. he just gets hurt. I'm just like, when the fuck did he get hurt? I think I think Lucas is talking himself into being a Brian Dayball Bills fan over here. No, I'm I'm just Josh saying, Allen slobber. I'm worried. I I don't. I don't know about Dayball. I'm Nothing to be one. worried about yet, friend. We're going to fuck up this hire. It's okay. They'll hire Leslie Frazier, and he'll bring in some schmuck to be the OC. It'll probably be Leslie Frazier and Jim Caldwell, and we'll have the senior citizen coaching staff, and they'll they'll bring in some – and they'll bring in Vic Fangio as the DC. Oh, my God. All your coaches are now over 65. So, yeah, those are the uh, three betting favorites right now are Flores, Dable, Frazier, and then you have Jim Harbaugh right behind them. So I think Jim Harbaugh would be the slam dunk hire for the Bears, but I don't think him leaving Michigan is realistic. I think I think Vegas is just trying to get some juice right there with Harbaugh. I don't think Harbaugh's going to For sure. They, they, hopefully they're doing the same with Frazier too, knowing, I don't knowing know, our meatball – uh fans love you fans but you guys are meatheads yeah unanimously i mean chris obviously you want to ha- who who do you think i want, I want to hear your prediction gm head coach prediction for like, like i said there way there's so many different candidates i can't just just just, just throw a dart at the dartboard <laughs> Come on. you want you want ozzy mose in front or whatever his name is you want Jeff Ireland? I know you like Jeff Ireland. I think if uh, if Polian is involved, Dodds Dodds is the leader in the clubhouse. I think it. I, I, I think agree. it went well, uh, and I think he'll get the job. Um, he. I was thinking about where he has ties to, and he probably has Dan Quinn ties. And maybe that's why he's been added to the list. Maybe they already know it's going to be Dodds. And Dan Quinn was the DC in Seattle when Dodds was there, correct? Does that line up in everybody's everybody's brain? Yeah, because after that, Quinn went to Atlanta. Right, probably around when we hired John Fox. That makes sense. So... That makes sense to me, but I they might kind of push a minority on Dawes and say he has to hire one, and he might just love Brian Flores and all the. Intensity. I was gonna say I think I think those two would hit it off in an interview. They would probably fight each other. They probably yeah. They probably just knuckle up and like punch each other in the throat, and then go, let's go win some fucking football games. <laughs> Could you imagine? Dude? I can't even imagine. There would be no more club dub. That's for sure. Where's like what's what happens in the draft room when when uh, you know <laughs> Dodds is like listen we need an offensive lineman to protect Justin Fields blah 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 and Flores is like we need a strong safety fucker <laughs> yeah they're Flores, just wrestling 
Flores is going to make him trade two first round picks for Jamal Adams, which apparently is who Fox and company wanted instead of Mitch. I wanted I wanted Fox. Jamal Adams. Fox has no nuts. Ugh, gross. As a That's why I thought we, I I thought we were going to pick. I thought we were going to pick Adams. Gross. I re, I mean I really wanted Watson, but I thought we were going to pick Adams. It's all moot at this point. Joe, Thank God we think? didn't pick either. Uh, I, I I think uh, you're onto something with this Ed, Ed Dodds guy, fella Dodds. Um, but I don't think. Uh... I have a feeling the Bears are going to hire Flores. I do. I think Vegas knows too. Vegas always knows something. I think that's one... a, that is a high odds. I mean, one thirty. That is almost it's, even money. It's it's like five hundred on DraftKings. I think it was one thirty on like. Bovada. Bovada. I think one of the two candidates is certainly going to be a minority. So if it's not the GM, then it's going to be the head coach, which yeah. is fine. If, as long the as you GM, get him right. I think the GM will probably either be Ed Dodds or Rick Smith, the guy I mentioned, who, who is a minority. And I don't know if he was hired as the GM. He might like Flores as his coach. I don't know. He could go any direction. It'll be an interesting week and a half here. I think the Bears will have to make their decision on a GM by mid-next week. Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. But Saturday, I think Saturday. I think Dodds and Flores would uh, bring a much-needed attitude adjustment to the Chicago Bears that we oh, haven't yeah. seen in a long time. Oh, yeah. That would be <laughs> amazing. And I think... Like we said, if you bring in Caldwell to run the offense, you're setting up Justin Fields for success. You have a, a more sane voice in the locker room, you know, an elder person. And uh, I think the Bears could kick some ass next year. They have a favorable, more favorable schedule than this year. So, so points bet has it at. Brian Flores plus 275, Leslie Frazier plus 550. Jim Harbaugh, 600. Dayball, 650. Uh, they have Hackett at 2,000. <laughs> so, yeah, your your two gentlemen's gentleman is is probably has a better shot than mine does, but that's okay. That's the I local would... that's the local book that's pushing that. Points bets Illinois based, I think. Yeah. I think Flores is going to make a push in New York to get Watson there. I think he's going to make a push wherever he goes to get Watson, unless he ultimately just takes the the Bears job or he'll be paired with Fields and it's not a bad consolation. Not a bad consolation. It's the better talent without the legal troubles. Not only that, there was a report that came out today from Jeff Darlington that said the Bears execs were very impressed with Flores and joint practices. So they said that's the guy we need right there. Flores practices with joints? What? I thought that was <laughs> in my That's an even better joke. Oh man. That's a that's a good joke. Sticky Ricky. Hey. Dick. <laughs> you remember when the Saints traded their whole draft for Ricky Williams? Dude, 
It was Mike Ditka. Of course we remember. Everybody on this podcast <laughs> remembers this shit, dude. Of course we do. Hour and a half podcast while we went. That's because Mike Ditka know, knows the importance of running the football. All right, Jay, wrap this up. Sing the song. Ooh. All right, well, we got to sing a song in honor of the new GM. Uh, hopefully by Jeff the next Ireland. Time. <laughs> by the next time we talk uh we'll have a, somebody in place and a direction for this ship to sail so ed dodds this is for you bear down chicago bears build the offensive line do, 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 do. or justin fields bear down chicago bears hire the right coach because we need it to win Super Bowls. Bear down, Chicago Bears. And don't forget, while you're wearing the crown, you're the pride and joy of Illinois, Chicago Bears. Bear down. F-L-O-R-E-S. And go 49ers. Low just, just for now. Just, just for now. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.